Welcome to On The Move from the Texas A&M Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management. In this episode, the university's Deputy Athletics Director talks about the challenges in college athletics and also how his time as an Aggie student prepared him for his current role. Welcome to another episode of On The Move. I'm Chelsea Reber, and today I am joined by Chris Park. He is Deputy Athletics Director at Texas A&M University. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. Chelsea, thanks for having me. Looking I, forward to it. I know your path to Texas A&M is, well, it started, and then there was a gap in between, and now you're back. So I would love to hear more about that. Uh, tell me about your initial time here in Aggieland and how you got back here last summer. Yeah, I came here in the fall of 1998, the oldest of three siblings, and I was the first really to come to Texas. Texas A&M. We were from the East Coast. Um, so academics brought me to Texas A&M and we didn't have family ties. We didn't have a bunch of Aggies in the family. I kind of charted that course because my brother followed me here. My sister followed me here, but had a great experience as a student at Texas A&M. Uh, got my undergrad in the business school. I uh, was involved in all sorts of activities. I was a fish camp counselor. I was part of the club lacrosse team. I was part of a leadership organization called One Army. So just really involved while I was in school here, but had a passion for college athletics and uh, had the opportunity to intern at TCU in between my junior and senior year. And that really, uh, that summer really set me on the path of wanting to be a part of college athletics and had the opportunity to work here as a grad student. And that really set me on a course uh, for this awesome career. And I'm sure we'll talk about the multiple stops along the way, but uh, the last four years we spent in the uh, state of Washington and had a great time there at Washington State working in the Pac-12. And Ross gave me a call probably around late April last year and kind of got the process started. And now seven months in back in Aggie land, it's been amazing. It's been awesome. I want to get back to that phone call because yeah. before we started this interview, we were talking a little bit off air and you mentioned you almost didn't answer the phone call from Ross. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, so I, I knew of Ross. Um, I had sent him a note when he had, uh, we didn't know each other personally, but when he was hired to be the athletic director here, I dropped him a note and told him as a former student and, and being in the industry, I'd be pulling for him every day and wished him nothing but success. And that was the extent of kind of our engagement. So I didn't have him in my uh, phone Rolodex, as they would say. And uh, I'm in my office there at Washington State, and I get a 979 number pop up, and we were talking about how you can get, you know, junk calls from different places where you've lived over your life, and I almost didn't answer it, but I said, okay, well, I'll pick it up and see who's calling me from Aggie Land, and I was like, oh, it's Ross Bjork, you know, so I had to <laughs> dial it in real quick, and we had a great kind of first hour phone call about this opportunity. Now, your wife is also an Aggie, so yeah. it's got to be so exciting for you guys to come back here. It really is. So my wife is a former student as well. She got here in the fall of 97, but she was here for her undergrad and master's really the same time, and... Um, We've found about two or three mutual friends over the years of being married together, but we didn't really run in the same circles, and we always joked about how cool it'd be, it would be to come back to Aggieland as a family and to experience A&M as a couple because we weren't a couple, obviously, in college, and that's been really cool to share this experience with her and our son. So when did you guys connect if you weren't a couple yeah. in college? Yeah, so we, we connected in San Marcos, okay. and uh, it was the standard, hey, I have a friend, she's an Aggie, you're an Aggie, so it was a blind date through the old Aggie connection. The and Aggie Network. The the, the Aggie Network. Works in miraculous ways. No, no question. <laughs> and uh, it's really funny because the reason she said yes to the date, this was before social media where she could probably check me out and do all that kind of stuff. So she said, I'll do it because he's an Aggie and at least we'll have the A&M thing in common. Yeah. And here we are today. That's so a great cool. point. Yeah. I want to expand a little bit on your career. Yeah. Uh, Deputy Athletics Director, what does your average day look like? Yeah. So Ross has uh, four Deputy Athletic Directors that all kind of oversee 
major areas of the athletic department. So what I tell people is, is the areas that report up through me are all of our external areas. So when I say external, anything leaving the department, interacting with the 12th man, interacting with former students, how we communicate, how we sell sponsorships, how we sell tickets, marketing, our video board production, social media creative. So everything external going out from our department pretty much works uh, through the org chart that I maintain. We have tremendous leaders in all those different areas. So it's really my job every day to make sure those leaders have the tools to be successful, uh, that they are collaborating and working well together, and then to be thinking forward about where we take the department uh, You know, in the next six months months, next six years, the next 60 years within all those units. So it's a lot of fun. We get to do all the fun stuff. Uh, we create memories for the 12th man uh, in venue, whether it's Kyle Field or uh, over there at Ellis or at, uh, Bluebell. Um, that's one of the best parts of our job is when we go to the events, it's our teams putting those events on, whether it's how you uh, enter a facility from a parking perspective, the event management, concessions, what you see in the video boards, the music, it all comes together and our team does a great job. Do you think it's important that you were once part of the 12th man to be able to be in this role versus somebody who maybe had no experience at Texas A&M beforehand? Yeah, 100%. Ross and I talked about that because anytime you take a new role, it, it takes time. You have to look, listen, and learn and understand the culture of not only the department you're serving in, but then the culture of the institution. And we, we talked about in the interview process that should I be afforded this opportunity, I would not have to learn the unique culture of this institution. And, and I would think and it's very unique. No question. So I would think for someone that's new to our athletic department or university, not only do they have to get used to the culture within the department, but they got to get used to this Aggie thing. And for, for my wife and myself, we had that covered. Now, I had to brush up on some of my yells, and uh, <laughs> it was easy to start saying howdy again. Um, but that made the transition a lot easier. No one had to explain to me the yell leaders. No one had to explain to me Reveille or Midnight Yell. Um, and I think that has helped the transition for sure. There are some professions, I always think about this, like being a doctor or even being a teacher, they have a step, they have steps, they have a path. Yeah. Um, there are some that can take you to places you had no idea even existed when you started. So tell me more about your career from start to now. Uh, and were there any surprises along the way? Yeah, uh, great question. I think back to the internship at TCU where I just wanted an opportunity and uh, you know, I dialed for dollars from, from the yellow pages trying to sell season tickets. Uh, I cleaned out closets. I even was the Super Frog mascot for a season ticket day in the summertime. So you had so many surprises just from the start in an internship of just, hey, how do I get started? My experience working here at Texas A&M was the first year and a half I worked uh, in communications as an SID. Um, Basically, on game day in the press box at Kyle Field, I would run score sheets to all the media and then to the ABC broadcast, the Dave South, the visiting team radio, because they didn't have their computer with the scores around the country. Right. So I got to see that, that side of the department, and then I kind of moved over here into marketing and fundraising kind of toward the end. So the, the surprises are in this journey is you're going to do a little bit something different in every role. And every role, I was able to increase my role of responsibility, uh, more management, more people, larger budgets. Uh, so I think every stop has been an experience with great memories along the way. But I go back just to that internship. And you did everything. And it kind of set you for the path in a career to make sure, hey, you're okay with doing everything. You're not above picking up trash or passing out a score sheet. Or dressing up like a frog. Or dressing up like a super <laughs> frog, you know. Um, so I, I think those are the surprises along the way. Each, each level of responsibility offers you a new challenge. I want to go back to your time as a student mm -hmm. at Texas A&M. So you graduate with a business degree, mm -hmm. undergrad. How did you decide that what you were going to pursue during yeah. your master's degree? Yeah. So um, – 
following the internship, I used that time at TCU to learn and talking with my peers there, hey, how did you get these jobs? And they kept coming back to graduate school, graduate school, be a graduate student worker, be a GA. So I applied to Texas A&M and the University of Florida. Uh, I was accepted at both. I really wanted to go to Florida, but I couldn't find an internship. I couldn't find a role in the athletic department. And thankfully, the gentleman that helped me get the job at TCU that summer, his brother was Dr. John Thornton here. So John was able to help, or Bill was able to introduce me to John. John found me a kind of a free internship in the athletic department. So I was able to go to school and work which is the path that really set me on on uh, on the path for success. So sport management was an emphasis in the department of sure. kinesiology. Did anything surprise you about kinesiology when you were a student? So as, as a master's student, when I when I enrolled, I got a little nervous because I see that big word kinesiology. Right. And I'm thinking, am I going to be doing a lot of science projects? <laughs> um, I wasn't really great in some of those studies. I wanted to learn the management role and the sports role. But the program was uh, in, in its infancy. Dr. Mike Sagas was tremendous. We had a great group in those kind of two, two and a half years. And a lot are still working in uh, either the professional sports world. They're working in uh, uh, community sports or collegiate athletics. Um, but it really set the foundation of the principles because you had to work really hard to succeed in those classes, but you also had to work hard in the internship or the student worker role that you were also. It wasn't just go to school and then hope to get a job. You had to do both. And it wasn't like the studies or the presentations were easy. They challenged you separately and in a little different manner than how I was challenged in the job. And, you know, our, our Dr. Segus, I can always remember him saying, hey, here's what they're going to tell you in the book, but just know when you get out, you're going to have to change these principles a little bit. And we had such great speakers and people a part of the program that could take the theory from the book and help us put it into practice when we got into the working world. You've worked for some smaller schools yep. in Texas, mm -hmm. uh, and then you mentioned most recently you were at the University of Washington. Mm -hmm. Washington State. Washington no Huskies. State. Yeah, oh, my yeah. gosh. No purple. Yeah, no, yeah there That's we go. Right. Got good. it. Cougars. There That's you right. go. All yep. right. Washington State. So you've, you've gotten to see – you know, it on so many different scales, sure. Texas A&M having to be, I'm assuming the largest that mm -hmm. you you've ever had mm -hmm. to deal with. What was the experience or you got that experience at Texas A&M, then you were able to go out into the real world, so yep. to say, uh, see it on a smaller scale as you grew and then eventually come back to A&M. Do you think that your time at A&M from the very beginning helped you throughout that entire path? Yeah, I think the time at A&M really taught me about um, how to work really hard, um, to listen to your bosses, uh, to build trust with your teammates and just kind of let your work speak for itself. And, and you take those principles of, of hard work, relationships, doing things the right way, and you do that at each stop. And what I've told people, especially the role at UTEP and Washington State, both deputy roles, they're the same role that mm -hmm. I have here. Just scope and scale. Yeah. Just scope and scale. So what I would do on a game day at UTEP or Washington State football is the same that I'm doing here at Texas A&M. You're just talking about more people, more eyeballs, you know, bigger, uh, bigger budgets, mm -hmm. and and you know your your decisions maybe scrutinized a little bit more. Um, so the principles that I learned at Sam Houston State and Texas State set me up for success in leadership roles at UTEP, Washington State, and then you come back to Texas A&M. The job's the same. I mean, what we talk about when in our senior staff meeting today is what they're talking about at Washington State and at UTEP, scope and scale. It's just a little different. You mentioned the similarities, but what sets Texas A&M apart from other schools in the country? Yeah, the 12th man and, and, and the traditions here. A uh, great example, uh, when we were outscored by App State, I mm -hmm. think that was week, uh, week two. Two. Week two. Yes. Uh -huh. um, any other place in America, if that happens, you're in an emergency meeting on Sunday – how are we going to save the fan base? 
How are we going to get the students to come out? The Miami game was supposed to be great. How can we make it great now? Free beer, free T-shirts, free concert, the whole deal. And we don't have to do that at Texas A&M because of the tradition, the support, the pageantry. All the 12th man did was come out and set an attendance record and, uh, and help our team to victory. So that is the difference. And, and you don't understand that until you work at different places, uh, that what we have with the 12th man, the spirit of Aggie land is so unique and so special. What are some of the biggest challenges that athletic departments face today in the landscape, the ever-changing landscape of college athletics? Yeah, uh, Ross talks about it all the time. We, there's always going to be change in college athletics. Uh, you know, he tells a great story at the first, I think, intercollegiate football game. It may have been between Harvard and Yale. Yeah. Um, and how there was a, he talks about how there was a newspaper article the next day accusing one side of buying a player that didn't go to Harvard to play and that there was gambling on the sidelines during the game. So there's been challenges in uh, intercollegiate athletics uh, since day one. It's our job to take those challenges and look to them as opportunities and not to get uh, you know down you know, your head down, down the sand, woe is me, because we still have awesome opportunities. We get to change the lives of young people. We get to be a part of higher education every day. And I tell our staff all the time, because are there tough days? A thousand percent. But there are a thousand people in line wanting the roles that each each and every one of us have. And no matter the tough days, and maybe we take a uh, the transfer portal and NIL. Everybody talks right. about those today. Nobody's talking about them uh, going into the fourth quarter when we're sawing varsity's horns off and the place is rocking and you're having a tremendous experience at Kyle Field. We all talk about that on Monday. So we're still providing a tremendous experience for the 12th man, our former students, our student athletes, and that hasn't changed. So are there challenges? Sure, but we look at them as opportunities and let's go tackle them. To a student who's studying sport management but might not be sure exactly where they want to go in the industry, uh, what's a good piece of advice? And, and you mentioned earlier kind of accepting any role, doing sure. it all, saying mm -hmm. yes. Um, but do you have anything else, especially if a student's listening right now going, well, that sounds kind of cool. Maybe I'd be interested in that. Um, what's your advice on how to kind of find the different options and, sure. and discover some things that maybe you didn't even know existed? Yeah. So first is, is listen to your professors because they're going to give you the wide scope of careers out there and then narrow that scope a little bit. There's going to be some stuff that you're going to say, I have no interest here, no interest here, but then go bring it in a little bit. And then within those careers that are still available, start blasting emails, uh, start DMing professionals on LinkedIn and maybe ask for a, Hey, a 15 minute zoom call. I want to learn more about your job or is there someone in your department that can talk to me? I think until you talk to people in the field, in the industry that can kind of help you narrow down your scope as to what you want to attack, but don't make the scope so small, so early where it limits your opportunities, but also don't make it so, so large where it's kind of overwhelming. Narrow it down a little bit, keep it broad based. I would say learn about as many opportunities as possible and then go for anything because it's a lot easier to start in an area and move within athletics, I think, at any level than to just try to be like right here and maybe get shut out kind of early in your career. So start big, narrow it down, and then every stage of your career is going to naturally kind of funnel smaller. Well, you've been on the job less than a year, yeah. uh, and I'm, I'm sure you hit the ground running. And as you said, you were familiar with Aggieland. You've been here. This is kind of home for you. But um, what are some goals for yourself in the next year even um, now that you're really settling into the position? Yeah, I think I use that term, look, listen, and learn. There was a lot of that in the first six months. And um, once we get through, especially just because football is just uh, – uh, so prominent in our role in terms of the, the machine that is football sure. and over 100,000, uh, you know, of the 12th man in Kyle Field. 
I need to see the football renewal cycle, which we're in right now, and the football preparation cycle. Then I'll have a really true sense of everything that goes into football. And then also, too, see how the rest of our sports play out this spring, really to get an understanding of the workload for our staff, uh, where our staff needs to be in all the different sports. The spring gets very busy here within the athletic department. So once we have that, we'll be able to really kind of roll out our vision uh, for our different external areas. But I think what, what will never change is always trying to we want to we want to set set the bar at mm -hmm. Texas A&M, and Ross talks about that all the time. Is we don't want to follow others, we want to lead. Uh, so we're looking all the time at hey, how can we add new technologies for the fan experience to make their experience easier, maybe uh, um, uh, faster service when they're when they're in our venues. How can we communicate uh, better with, with with the twelfth man? How can we provide a better experience for our student athletes in venues? So we're always looking at ways to advance. Um, some of that will come faster than others, but also too, I, I talk about it all the time. I think of 12, of Kyle Field, maybe I can picture the old Horseshoe Stadium in the 30s, and then I picture the Kyle Field I knew, knew in the late 90s, and then where we are today. Well, what's Kyle Field gonna look like in 20 years? Mm -hmm. And, and don't, we have a great facility now, we have other great facilities, but we can't stop. What's it, what are all of our facilities? What are the experiences we're going to deliver uh, for the 12th man and our supporters? So that's kind of what keeps me up at night and where we're trying to go with our staff. Speaking of facilities, since you mentioned it, you've got a absolutely gorgeous, one of the best in the nation, if not the best, softball facilities. Yeah. You've got a great baseball facility, new track facilities mm -hmm. coming up. I mean, there's so much newness that's right. coming to Aggieland. Um, and so even though you're new, you look at all the new head coaches that are coming on to staff mm -hmm. right now um, and, and all this new stuff, it's got to be super exciting time for a &M athletics. It is. Any, anytime there are cranes, <laughs> on the ground, that means exciting you things. Mean, you mean College Station's official bird? That, that's right. Is yeah. that okay? I, we were joking before we jumped on this deal. Um, I tell everybody, Brian College Station, I recognize the streets, but not the skyline. Um, the streets sound the same, but I look up and I'm like, what is that? Where right. did that go? Um, and the same, same is true with our athletic footprint. Uh, the growth of West Campus. Um, obviously, what's happened out at soccer and softball and track, um, the plans that are being uh, built right now with uh, the indoor track, where we'd like to go with soccer and baseball, some other opportunities that we have out on the west side, and then obviously right next to Kyle Field with the new indoor facility, uh, making some renovations to uh, Bright Slocum, uh, then also the new kind of academic performance building. Um, that's exciting. And we have tremendous leadership right now, not only starting at the top with Ross, the other deputies that I serve with here are just phenomenal leaders, phenomenal people. But I say that at all levels of the org chart. I was so impressed as I went through our department and tried to meet as many people. The level of talent we have here at Texas A&M is second to none. And when you have great talent and great leadership, you can do great things. And that's why you continue to see great coaches, um, great student athletes recruited, and then great facilities being built. Chris, we're excited to have you back in Aggieland. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go today? Chelsea, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I, I would tell anyone, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, you know, some people know what they want to do at 12 years old. Sometimes it takes them to 22 or 32. Find a mentor. People want to give back. And uh, I've always told myself in the career, my career, any student that shoots me a note um, and asks for help or guidance, 
Um, I always say yes. Now there's levels of yes that you can do, but I, you know, I would not be here today if people didn't say yes to me and give me an opportunity. So for our current Texas A&M uh, sport management students, we're here to help. And we have a lot of graduates within our athletic department that can kind of put you on the right path to a successful future. Use that Aggie network. Let's do it. That's <laughs> right. You might get married out of it too. We'll see. Yeah. You might get a date. That's there right. you go. That's right. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. Chelsea, thank you. A lot of fun. Thank you for listening to On The Move. You can catch our episodes while you're on the move by going to Spotify, Apple, or Google. And to learn more about the Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management, head to knsm.tamu.edu. The Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management is part of the School of Education and Human Development at Texas A&M University, where we transform lives.